7. Spoken here. The Irish barkeeper cursed heartily. I bought it off the sheeny. He explained. For sixpence. He told me it was Latin for. God bless our home. Music Artemis Ward said. When I am sad. I sing. And then others are sad with me. The optimistic pessimist explained why he always dined in restaurants where music was provided. Because it works two ways. Sometimes the music helps to make me forget the food. And sometimes the food helps to make me forget the music. The young man, who was interested in natural history, was sitting on the porch one June evening with his best girl, who was interested in music. The rhythmic shrilling of the insects pulsed on the air, and from the village church down the street came the sounds of choir practice. The young man gave his attention to the former, the girl to the latter, and presently she spoke eagerly, Oh, don't it sound grand? The young man nodded, and answered, Yes. Indeed, and it's interesting to think that they do it all with their hind legs. The boy violinist played at a private musical rendering of difficult concerto, which contained some particularly long rests for the soloist. During one of these intervals, a kindly dowager leaned toward the performer and whispered loudly, Why don't you play something that you know, my boy? The apoplectic and grumpy old gentleman in the crowded restaurant was compelled to sit, much against his will, next to the orchestra. His stare at the leader as the jazz selection came to an end, the annoyed patron snorted, and then asked, Would you be so kind as to play something by request? The leader bowed again and beamed, Certainly. He replied, Anything you like, sir. Then, snapped the patron, Please be good enough to play a game of checkers while I finish my meal. Neatness the Japanese are remarkably tidy in the matter of floors. They even remove their shoes at the doorway. A Japanese student in New York was continually distressed by the dirty hallways of the building in which he lived. In the autumn, the janitor placed a notice at the entrance, which read, Please wipe your feet. The Japanese wrote beneath in pencil, On going out. Neighbors it was a late hour when the hostess at the reception requested the eminent basso to sing. It is too late. Madam, he protested, I should disturb your neighbors. Not at all, declared the lady, beaming. Besides, they poisoned our dog last week. Nurse the older sister rebuked the younger when putting her to bed for being cross and ill-tempered throughout the day. After she had been neatly tucked in the little one commented, It's temper when it's me on nerves when it's you. Nightmare, and you say you had the same nightmare every night. The doctor inquired, What is it? The suffering man answered, I dream that I'm married. Ah, hum. The physician grunted perfunctorily. To whom? To my wife. The patient explained. That's what makes it a nightmare. The innkeeper was inclined to take advantage of a particular guest who did not scrutinize the bills rendered. When the clerk mentioned the fact that this guest had complained of a nightmare, the host brightened, and marked down an item of $10 charge for livery. Nomenclature the young son of a mountaineer family in North Carolina had visited for the first time in the town 12 miles from home, and had eaten his midday meal there, questioned on his return as to the repast. He described it with enthusiasm, except in one particular, they done had something they called grade A, but yet looked like sop, and yet tasted like sop, and I believe in my soul tore sop. When his daughter returned from the girls' college, the farmer regarded her critically, and then demanded, ain't you a lot fatter than you was? Yes, dad, the girl admitted, I weigh 140 pounds stripped for Jim. The father stared for a moment in horrified amazement, then shouted, in thunder as Jim. On an occasion when a distinguished critic was to deliver a lecture on the poet Keats in a small town, 
the president of the local literary society was prevented by illness from introducing the speaker, and the mayor, who was more popular than learned, was asked to officiate. The amiable gentleman introduced the stranger with his accustomed eloquence, and concluded a few happy remarks of a general character with this observation, and now, my friends, we shall soon all know what I personally have often wondered what are Keats, during the scarcity of labor, a new clerk, who knew nothing of the business, was taken on by a furniture house, his mistakes were so bad that the proprietor was compelled to watch him closely, and to fire him after the following episode. A lady customer asked to see some chiffoniers. The clerk led her to the display of bassinets, which was an unfortunate error since the lady was an old maid. She accepted his apology, however, and then remarked, Where are your sideboards? The clerk blushed furiously, as he replied, Why are I shaved them off last week? The lady who had some culture, but not too much, was describing the adventure of her husband, who had been in Messina at the time of the earthquake. It was awful. She declared, in tense tones, when Jim went to bed, everything was perfectly quiet, and then, when he woke up, all of a sudden, there beside him was a yawning abyss. One of the two girls in the subway was glancing at a newspaper. I see, she remarked presently to her companion, that Mr. So-and-so, the octogenarian, is dead. Now, what on earth is an octogenarian anyhow? I'm sure I haven't the faintest idea. The other girl replied but they're an awful sickly lot. You never hear of one but he's dying. A story is told of an office seeker in Washington who asserted to an inquirer that he had never heard of Mark Twain. What? Never heard of Tom Sawyer? Nope. Never heard of him. Nor Hutfin? Nope. Never heard of him neither. Nor Puddinghead Wilson? Oh. Lord. Yes. The office seeker exclaimed. Why? I voted for him. And then he added sadly, and that's all the good it done me. The aged caretaker of the Episcopal Church confided to a crony that he was uncertain as to just what he was, I used to be the janitor, years ago. Then we had a parson who named me the sextant, and Dr. Smith, he called me a virgin, and our young man, he says I'm the sacrilege. Obstinacy the old mountaineer and his wife arrived at a railway station, and for the first time in their lives beheld a train of cars, which was standing there. The husband looked the engine over very carefully and shook his head. Well, what do you think of it, father? Asked the old lady. She'll never start, was the firm answer. She'll never start. The conductor waved. The bell rang. The locomotive puffed. The train moved slowly at first, then faster. It was disappearing in the distance when the wife inquired slyly, well, pa, what do you think of it now? The old man shook his head more violently than before. She'll never stop, he asserted. She'll never stop. Omen the great pugilist was superstitious and fond of lobster. When the waiter served one with a claw missing, he protested. The waiter explained that this lobster had been worsted in a fight with another in the kitchen. The great pugilist pushed back his plate. Carry him off, he commanded, and bring me the winner. Optical illusion the sergeant rebuked the private angrily, Jenkins. Why haven't you shaved this morning? Why, ain't I shaved? The private exclaimed, apparently greatly surprised. Mumber you ain't. The sergeant snapped. And I want to know the reason why. Well, now, I guess it must be this way. Jenkins suggested. There was a dozen of us use in the same bit of looking glass. And I swan I must have shaved somebody else. Optimism the day laborer was of a cheerful disposition that naturally inclined to seek out the good in every situation. He was a genuine optimist. 
Thus, after tramping the three miles from home to begin the day's work on the ditch, he discovered that he had been careless, and explained to a fellow laborer, I've gone and done it now. I left my lunch at home. Then, suddenly he beamed happily, as he added, and it's a good thing I did, for the matter of that, because I left my teeth at home, too. The optimist fell from the top story of a skyscraper, as he passed the fourth story, he was overheard muttering, so far, so good. Orientation John B. Goff was fond of telling of Laird and his servant Sandy, the two were on their way home on horseback late at night, and both were much muddled by drink, at a ford where the bank was steep, the Laird fell head first into the creek, he scrambled up, and shouted to his servant, hold on, Sandy, something fell off I heard it splash. Sandy climbed down from the saddle, and waded about blindly in the shallow water, with groping hands, at last, he seized on the laird, why, it's yourself, Monday as fell oof, Mumber Sandy, the master declared stoutly, it can't be me here I am, then he, added, but if it is me, get me back on the horse, Sandy helped the laird to the horse, and boosted him up astride, in the dark, the rider was faced the wrong way to, give me the reins, the master ordered, Sandy felt about the horse's rump, and, then cried out, clutching the tail, it wore the horse's head as fell off nothing left but the mane, give me the mane, then, the laird directed stolidly, I must in hay something to hold on, so, presently, when he had the tail firmly grasped in both hands, and Sandy had mounted, the procession began to move, whereat, the laird shouted in dismay, hold on, Sandy, it's gain the wrong way. Outworn tiny Clara heard her mother say that a neighboring lady had a new baby. The top puzzled over the matter, and at last sought additional information. Oh, Mumsy, what is she going to do with her old one? Paradox the amiable old lady was overheard talking to herself as she left the church along with the crowd that had attended the services. If everybody else would only do as I do, and stay quietly in their seats till everyone else has gone out, there would not be such a crush at the doors. Two friends from Ireland on a tour occupied the same bedchamber in a country inn. During the night a fearful storm raged. John spoke of it in the morning while the two men were dressing. Did it rain? Denny's asked in surprise. Rain. John exclaimed. It was a deluge. And the lightning was blinding and the thunder was deafening. Sure. I never heard the like. For the love of heaven. Denny's cried out. Why didn't yous waken me? Didn't yous know I never can sleep when it thunders? Pastoral Burdett quotes as follows a year's statistics of parochial work, as compiled by a young curate, preached 104 sermons, 18 mortuary discourses, solemnized 21 hymeneal ceremonies, delivered 17 lectures, of which 16 were on secular and all the rest on religious subjects, made 39 addresses, of which all but 27 were on matters most nearly touching the vital religious concerns of the church. Read aloud in church 156 chapters of the Bible, 149 of which were very long ones, made pastoral calls, 312, took tea on such occasions, 312 times, distributed 804 tracts, visited the sick several times, sat on the platform at temperance and other public meetings 47 times, had the headache Sabbath mornings, and so was compelled to appear in a condition of physical pain. Nervous prostration and bodily distress that utterly unfit him for public preaching. 104 times, picnics attended. 10, dinners. 37, suffered from attacks of malignant dyspepsia. 
37 times, read 748 hymns, instructed the choir in regard to the selection of tunes, one time, had severe cold, 104 times, sore throat, 104 times, malaria, 104 times, wrote 3120 pages of sermons, declined invitations to tea, one time, started the tune in prayer meeting, two times, started the wrong tune, two times, sung hymns that nobody else knew, two times, received into church membership, three, dismissed by letter, 49, expelled, 16, lost, strayed, or stolen, 137, patriotism the Scotchman returned to his native town, peoples, after a first visit to London, he told the neighbors enthusiastically of his many wonderful experiences in the metropolis, there was, however, no weakening in his local loyalty, for at the end he cried out proudly, but, for real pleasure, Jimmy peoples, there is no doubting the strong patriotism of the schoolboy who was the hero of this tale, although he may have been weak on history, during an examination in general history, he was asked, who was the first man, he answered proudly, even enthusiastically, without any hesitation, George Washington, first in war, first in peace, first in the hearts, but the teacher interrupted ruthlessly, wrong, Adam was the first man, the boy sniffed disgustedly, oh, he retorted, I didn't know you were talking about foreigners, the troops had been marching through a sea of but four hours, when at last they were lined up for inspection before a general, in the evolution, the young cavalryman who had enlisted was thrown from his horse into the muck, from which he emerged in a dreadful state, though uninjured except in his feelings, the general himself, who had witnessed the incident, rode up, and preserving his gravity with some effort inquired of the trooper if he had suffered any hurt from the fall, no, was the disgusted reply, but if I ever love a country again, you can kick me, peace the mourning widow caused a tender sentiment to be chiseled on the headstone of her husband's grave, the exact wording was as follows, thou art at rest, until we meet again, peacemaker the father was telling at the table of a row between two men in which he had interfered, one hand swung the shovel aloft, shouting, I'll knock your brains out, it was at this moment, the head of the family explained, that I stepped in between them, little Johnny had been listening, round Ed with excitement, now, he burst forth, I guess he couldn't knock any brains out of you, could he, huh, pension the usual details in administration of the pension laws are not amusing, but occasionally even here a bit of humor creeps in to relieve the tedium, thus, John Smith, claimant under invalid original number area code 983254 based his application for succor upon an injury to a leg due to the kick of a vicious horse in the service and line of duty, etc., this was formally insufficient, and the Bureau advised to claim it to this effect, directing him to state which leg was injured by the alleged kick of a vicious horse. The reply came promptly, my leg. Pessimism the energetic New England woman addressed her hired girl in a discouraged tone, here it is Monday morning and tomorrow will be Tuesday, and the next day Wednesday the whole week half gone, and nothing done yet. The old man shook his head dolefully in response to an inquiry concerning his health. It isn't what it ought to be, he declared. I find my strength is failing. It used to be I could walk around the block every morning, but now lately, somehow, when I'm only halfway round, I feel so tired I have to turn and come back. The visitor remarked affably to the man of the house, Your family is wonderfully talented. One son plays the cornet, two daughters play the piano and the guitar, and your wife plays the banjo, 
and the other children play ukuleles. As the father of such musical geniuses, you must be something yourself, aren't you? Yes, was the answer. I am a pessimist. Philanthropy, I hear that Mrs. Brewster hasn't paid her servants any wages for a number of months, remarked one lady to another in a suburban town. Why does she keep such a number of them then? was the pertinent inquiry. Oh, Mrs. Brewster tells everyone she regards it as her solemn duty to employ as many as possible when times are so hard. Fanatics Little Willie questioned his grandmother with an appearance of great seriousness, ain't Rotterdam the name of a city? Grandma, don't say ain't, Willie. The old lady corrected. Yes, Rotterdam is the name of a city. Why, it ain't swearing to say it. Is it Grandma? Don't say ain't, Willie. Mumber it isn't swearing to say Rotterdam. Why, cause if sister keeps on eating so much candy, she'll Rotterdam head off. Physiology the teacher explained to her young pupils some facts concerning various organs of the body, including the eye as the organ of sight, the ear as the organ of hearing, and the like. Then she asked the pupils to repeat to her what they had learned. There was a short silence, which was broken by a bright little boy, who spoke as follows, I see with my eye organ, I hear with my ear organ, I smell with my nose organ, I eat with my mouth organ, and I feel with my hand organ. Plain speaking the new maid was talkative, and related some of her experiences in service. You seem to have had a good many situations, was the lady's comment as the girl paused. How many different mistresses have you had? All told. Fifteen. All told. The maid declared promptly, Yes mum. All told exactly what I thought of them. Playing possum, Mumbersha. The ancient negro asserted, with a melancholy shaking of his bald head. Dar ain't no trust in a possum. Once on a time. Sha. I done watched the whole of a possum all night long. And at laws. Sha. The possum done come out of his hole. And what yo tink de ole scallywag done did. Well, sha, he done come out, and when he done come out, he was a pool cat. Plumber the plumber at many dollars a day could afford a little persiflage with the cook in the kitchen where he was theoretically repairing the sink. The cook was plain featured, but any diversion was welcome to speed the hours for which he drew pay. He made a strong impression on the cook, and when he took his departure, she simpered, and said coyly, Thursday is my evening off, and we might go to the movies. The plumber snorted indignantly. What? He demanded. On me own time. Poetry the evil effects of decadent verses and intentionally told in the following extract from a Hindu's letter to the authorities requesting aid in behalf of his invalid father, who leads sickly life, and is going from bad to perhaps, but not too well, for an extract from the petition calls on the government to look after my old father, who leads sickly life, and is going from bad to verse every day. Point of view a couple from Boston spent a winter in Augusta, Georgia. During the period of their visit, they became fond of an old colored woman, and even invited her to visit their home at their expense. In due time after their return to Boston, the visitor was entertained. Every courtesy was extended to the old colored woman, and she even had her meals with the host and hostess. One day at dinner, the host remarked, with a certain smug satisfaction in his own democratic hospitality, I imagine that. During all the time you were a slave, your master never invited you to eat at his table. Mumbersha, Dad he didn't, replied the old darky. My master was a gentleman. He never let no nigger set at table alongside of him. The kindly old lady chanced to be present at the feeding of the lions in the zoo. Presently, she remarked to the keeper, Isn't that a very small piece of meat to give to the lions? The man answered very respectfully, but firmly, 
It may seem like a very small piece of meat to you, mom, but it seems like a big piece of meat to the lions, mom. Poker Tommy Atkins and a doughboy sat in a poker game together somewhere in France. The Britisher held a full house. The American four of a kind. I raise you two pounds, quoth Tommy. The Yankee did not hesitate. I ain't exactly onto your currency curves, but I'll bump it up four tons. Politeness the little girl in the car was a pest. She crossed the aisle to devote herself to a dignified fat man. To his great annoyance, she asked innumerable questions, and, incidentally, counted aloud his vest buttons to learn whether he was rich man, poor man, beggar man or thief. The mother regarded the child's efforts as highly entertaining. The fat man leaned forward and addressed the lady very courteously, Madam, what do you call this dear little child, Ethel? The beaming mother replied, Please call her then. The fat man requested, Johnny, who was to be the guest at a neighbor's for the noonday meal, was carefully admonished by his mother to remember his manners, and to speak in complimentary terms of the food served him. He heeded the instruction, and did the best he could under stress of embarrassment. After he had tasted the soup, he remarked as boldly as he could contrive, This is pretty good soup what there is of it. He was greatly disconcerted to observe that his remark caused a frown on the face of his hostess. He hastened to speak again in an effort to correct any bad impression from his previous speech, and there's plenty of it such as it is. On Johnny's return from the birthday party, his mother expressed the hope that he had behaved politely at the luncheon table, and properly said, Yes, if you please, and, Mumber thank you. When anything was offered him, Johnny shook his head seriously. I guess I didn't say, Mumber thank you. I ate everything there was. The teacher used as an illustration of bad grammar. For correction by the class, the following sentence, the horse and cows in the pasture. A manly little fellow raised his hand, and at the teacher's nod said, Please, sir, ladies should come first. The man sitting in the streetcar addressed the woman standing before him, You must excuse my not giving you my seat I'm a member of the sit-still club. Certainly, sir, the woman replied, And please excuse my staring I belong to the stand-and-stare club. She proved it so well that the man at last sheepishly got to his feet. I guess, ma'am, he mumbled, I'll resign from my club and join yours. Politics the little boy interrupted his father's reading of the paper with a petition. Please, daddy, tell me the story about the forty thieves. The father, aroused from his absorption in political news and comment on the campaign, regarded his son thoughtfully for a moment, and then shook his head. Mumber, he answered decisively. You must wait until you're a little older. My son, you're too young to understand politics. Population someone asked a darky from Richmond who was visiting in the north as to the population of the city. I don't exactly know. Sha, was the reply. But I'll pine about a hundred and twenty-five thousand. Countin' delights. Postal it is human nature to take an interest in the affairs of others. The fact has been amply demonstrated by innumerable postmasters and postmistresses who have profited from their contact with the community's correspondence. That the postman, too, is likely to be well informed is shown in a quotation by Punch at a local letter carrier's apology to a lady on his round, I'm sorry, ma'am, I seem to have lost your postcard, but it only said Muriel thanked you for the parcel and so did John, and they were both very well, and the children are happy and she'll give your message to Marjorie, that'll be your other daughter, I'm thinking, praise one Negro workman was overheard talking to another, I see your friend, I just told the full man, when he say dad nigger Sam ain't fit to feed to the dogs, why, I done spoke right up, 
and told him Yo, Salias. Prayer the Dutchman still retained a strong accent, although he had been in the country forty years, and was a church warden. When the rector complained that a certain parishioner had called him a perfect ass, and asked advice, the reply, though well-intentioned, sounded ambiguous, all you should do will they used to pray for him. As usual, a Scotch missionary in the Far East suffered ill fortune in his marriages, for two wives in succession yielded to the trying climate and died. The missionary had depended on the board at home to select his previous mates, and he wrote for a third, when due time had elapsed. He journeyed to the seaport to meet the steamer by which his new mate should arrive, at the appointed hour. As the boat drew in he stood on the dock anxiously waiting, among the few passengers to descend the gangplank. It was easy for him to select the one destined for him, at sight of her. He shuddered slightly, and a groan burst from his lips. Freckles, he muttered despairingly, and red-headed, and would squint for the third time. And after all my prayers, Charles had attained the age of five when he attended a football game for the first time. It cannot be doubted that he was profoundly impressed by the excitement on the gridiron, for at that time his mother was horrified to hear him utter his nightly prayer thus, God bless Papa, God bless Mama, God bless Charlie, Ra, 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 at the request of his wife. The husband opened a can of peaches. When he finally reappeared, the wife asked demurely, What did you use to open that can? Jim, can opener, of course, the husband grunted, what do you think I opened it with, from the language I heard, I thought perhaps you were opening it with prayer, the newspaper report of the special Sunday services contained the following impressive description of the prayer, the most eloquent prayer ever addressed to a Boston audience, the New York Sun published the following, the toys had been reluctantly laid aside and in her dainty night tied a little girl, scarcely more than a baby, knelt at her mother's knee, the eyes, which all day long are alight with mischief, were reverently closed, and as she haltingly uttered the words of the old, yet every young child's prayer her rapt face, raised occasionally from her dimpled hands, took on an expression almost seraphic in its innocent purity, with a fervent, Amen, she ended her supplication, then jumped up, eyes dancing, and exclaimed, Now let's say little Jack Horner sat in the corner, I knows it better, mother, a little boy was asked if he prayed when he attended church, and he answered that he always did. On being questioned as to the nature of his prayer, he explained that he always repeated it when the others in the congregation made their silent prayer just before the sermon, and he added further, I just say the little prayer mother taught me now I lay me down to sleep. A prayer showing a ghastly confusion of metaphors is on record as having been offered extemporaneously in behalf of Queen Adelaide during the reign of that sovereign. The words as quoted were these, O Lord, save thy servant, our sovereign lady, the queen, grant that as she grows an old woman, she may become a new man, strengthen her with thy blessing that she may live a pure virgin, bringing her sons and daughters to the glory of God, and give her grace that she may go before her people like a he goat upon the mountains. As the boat was sinking, the skipper lifted his voice to ask, Does anybody know how to pray? One man spoke confidently in answer, Yes. Captain, I do. The captain nodded. That's all right then, he declared. You go ahead and pray. The rest of us will put on life belts. There one short. Preacher a colored deacon who was the leader in a congregation down south, wrote to the bishop to explain the need of a minister for the church. He concluded his appeal as follows, send us a bishop to preach. If you can't send us a bishop, send us a sliding elder. If you can't send a sliding elder, 
Send us a stationary preacher. If you can't spare him, send us a circus eider. If you can't spare him, send us a locust preacher. And if you can't send a locust preacher, send us an exhauster. Precaution when the colored couple were being married by the clergyman, and the words, love, honor and obey, were spoken. The bridegroom interrupted, read that again. So, read it once more. So stilated can catch to full solemnity odd demeanin. I see been married be thought. The lawyer for the defense, in the damage suit, asked the witness who had seen the plaintiff struck by the automobile, how far the victim was thrown by the impact. Fifteen feet, six and three quarter inches, was the instant response. You seem to be very exact in your figures, exclaimed the lawyer sarcastically. How does that happen? I guessed some fool lawyer would ask me. The witness answered, and I measured the distance. P-R-E-C-O-C-I-D-A the playwright rushed up to the critic at the club. I've had a terrible misfortune, he announced. My little three-year-old boy got at my new play, and tore it all to pieces. Extraordinary that a child so young should be able to read, said the critic. Premature Misaki saw his friend Jakey in the smoking car when he entered, and sat down in the same seat. How was that fire in your place last week, Jakey? He inquired. Jakey started nervously. S.H. He whispered. It is next week. Preparedness the small boy was directed to soak his feet in salt water to toughen them. He considered the matter thoughtfully, and then remarked to himself, It's pretty near time for me to get a lickin'. I guess I'd better sit in it. 